0: To thrive, welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bockham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life
1: throws at you. It's your life, time to live it. Do you find yourself maybe just a little rebellious, like I do? Maybe that there's that place within you that just pushes against the rules. Now, sometimes that can be a good thing, but there's also a shadow side of that, a part that can hold us back a part that keeps us from seeing beyond that to get to something better. Now, what happens if you get sick and and you can't find your way through it, partly because you're rebelling against yourself? How do you make friends with that? How do you become, instead of the rebel, the vigilante to your own self-care? Well, today I get to talk with Ilana Kristova as we discuss how to be a self-care vigilante. Ilana is a luminary and a guide, and she has inspired leaders to shine while in service to others, having overcome the many challenges of living with a progressive nerve disorder where she lost the use of her legs, her hands, and even her vocal cords. Ilana is now fit, fabulous, and as she says, 50 plus despite the illness, injury, and isolation. She is living proof that neuroplasticity, that's the capacity of our brain to continue to change and develop over a lifetime, it's not just another... Scientific theory, it's her reality. She's on a bridge that connects Western medicine and Eastern practices as she celebrates living in the one body she will ever have. Ilana cultivates compassion and laughter to manage the time, energy, and chronic pain and life's ups and downs. So if you're a leader, a coach, or entrepreneur, if you breathe, tap, and laugh with Ilana to feel fantastic in your own body, which she calls flow, feel light, offering wisdom, and living your best life ever. And this is true for anybody that might be struggling with anything in life. She's the creator of the Tap into the Universe for Recovery book series and the Instant Gratitude Collection. Ilana is a motivator of audiences to move their energy within their body to overcome self-sabotage with her books, Seven Key Ingredients for Vibrancy, 26 Self-Care Vigilante Affirmations, And an attitude of gratitude. In addition to speaking to inspire our leaders, Ilana is a progressive energy field tapping practitioner, that's pro EFT practitioner, and she offers self care comedy workshops. Today I have the privilege of talking with Ilana as we talk both about what happened in her own life and how she moved beyond that, but how she's adopted a vigilante self care mindset. So now, Let's listen in as I get have a chance to interview Ilana Kristova Ilana Thank you so much for being here I'm really excited to talk with you and what I'm really excited about is hearing about the self-care vigilante mindset But before we get to that, let's talk some about how you got to here So could you just tell us kind of how you arrived at this place in life? And and maybe even some of the lessons along the way so that we can jump in from there
0: Oh, Thank you so much Lee. I'm deeply honored to be here with you today And uh, let's see, how did I get to here? A very, very windy journey. Uh, Let's just say that I've been a very rebellious person my whole life. In fact, when I was born, I'll bet I was screaming, I don't want to leave me alone and I'll do it myself. And um, that was the attitude I had since childhood. Uh, My parents... Uh, Let's just say that we went into a lot of teacher-parent conferences and I was brought in to have that conversation um, with teachers and my parents because, well, I got in trouble in school a lot. I really didn't like following directions. And so you could say that I was rebellious. Uh, Maybe they didn't identify that I had attention deficit disorder back then in the 60s and 70s. This was not part of our lingo. So, so hyper, so active, so not able to pay attention. I've had a lot of ups and downs in my journey because I didn't follow directions. So when I got ill, uh, actually, I was born ill. I was born uh, colicky with anemia and I would, I refused to drink my mother's milk. And when they gave me the bottle, I refused that as well. So I'm sharing this because I'm, I'm planting the seed in your listeners' minds that, yeah, it was a rough start. But as time went on, I found my way to learning how to live in my body. It was not easy. To look at me today, no one would ever guess that I've had so many health challenges. So in 2007, I landed in a wheelchair. I was bedridden. And let's just say that of all the illnesses and conditions I'd ever experienced, This was the one that humbled me the most. I had already been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I had already been diagnosed with all forms of, well, allergies to almost everything. Looking back, I could say that I really didn't feel like I belonged on this planet. It seemed like my body didn't want to function. And... My rebellious attitude toward everything, I sabotaged myself tremendously, and it wasn't until I had this wonderful opportunity, lying in bed three o'clock in the morning, staring at the ceiling, feeling hopeless, feeling so alone, feeling like my this pain in my body is never going to leave me. You know, I had an injury. And that injury led to this nerve disorder that affected my sympathetic nervous system and the trauma wouldn't leave. So it felt as if my leg was being cut off. And so this nerve disease, this nerve disorder progressed into my left leg as well and moved into my right arm. You know, and I had no control. So here I am, you know, one could say that my rebellious attitude paid off because I had several options to treat this condition, and they were all unappetizing for me. I was offered surgery, I was offered pain medications, narcotic pain medications, And I was offered injections and a whole, you know, array of solutions for, not solutions for the nerve condition in itself, but for, you know, managing the pain. And my attitude was, there's got to be something else. So for all the rebelliousness I've, you know, all the demerits that I've earned through my life. Finally, my rebelliousness paid off, and I learned to live in my body and pay attention to my body from the cellular level. Yes, it wasn't just about my foot. It wasn't about my ankle. It wasn't about my broken bones. It wasn't about torn cartilages. It wasn't talk. It was. It was way more than that. Much deeper. I connected with the cells in my nervous system. Hmm. And honestly, I didn't think much about my nervous system prior to 2007 because even though I had experienced pain before, it wasn't so intense that it captured my full attention. So, for anyone lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, feeling so alone and and hopeless thinking that no one really understands the intensity of pain and that it's that it's hopeless i am living proof that neuroplasticity is not just another beautiful scientific theory it's my reality Hmm. and retraining my brain had a lot to do with it my attitude of gratitude
1: Okay, those are. I mean, there's so much there. Um, so right. one of the things that um, you kind of point to this the rebellious side. It occurs to me. I mean, you talked about allergies. Allergies are your body's rebellion against the environment. I mean, it's exactly assuming that there's something that it needs to protect from, all the way to the fact that you t- this nerve disorder. It's like your body was rebelling against the injury, trying to figure out some way of, you know, dealing with that, and and so. I'd just love to hear your thoughts about rebellion. There's two different levels of rebellion. One is where you just take on the world for no reason, just, just for the heck of it, you know, just to rebel. And that sounds like that's kind of, uh, part of your school life. <laughs> and then there is kind of a reformed rebellion where it's focused and has a purpose behind it. And it, it kind of feels like that's embedded in your story that you went from, um, Rebellion for the heck of it to rebellion for a purpose. Would that is that a fair?
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: So, yeah. how did that? You talked about this three AM awakened bid transformational moment. Was that the pivot point?
0: The pivot point was. I was in my wheelchair rolling down the hallway into the living room, and. For some reason, I crashed into a wall, the wall that separates between my living room and my dining room. Now, mind you, that wall had been there the whole time. It's not a new wall. (laughs) It's been here since 1937, and I don't know how. I lost control of my wheelchair, and as soon as I hit the wall, I didn't. Reinjure injure myself, just I want to reassure you, I did not, it was not a huge crash, but it was so silly to have crashed into this huge wall, you know, I had all this space and I crashed into this huge wall, a little bit of my inner rebel coming through, right? And I suddenly, well, I let out a whole bunch of profanity, which I will not, repl- you know, <laughs> share here. And then after that, I burst out into laughter, and it was the kind of laughter that I had never heard. It was so clear, it was like Waterford Crystal bell laughter. And if I'd ever laughed so loudly and so beautifully, I don't really recall. And hearing that laughter was the starting point of my real healing mm. because. I was able to connect with my inner rebel at that moment, see how silly the whole situation was, how ironic the whole situation was, and appreciate that I didn't get hurt again, that I didn't injure or bruise. Um, and and my wheelchair is fine too. I just want to let you know my wheelchair is fine, folks. <laughs> um, and that laughter began the journey of bringing this attitude of gratitude and looking for something to laugh about every moment. Pardon me about that. Finding something to laugh about at every moment. And for somebody with chronic pain, that is a very strange concept. How can you laugh? How can you laugh when it when life is so painful, when your body is so painful, you know? And um, so I started looking for opportunities to laugh, and I, I signed up for a comedy class. And some people know or have seen me, uh, I do stand-up, sit-down comedy. I wasn't able to fully stand up at that time while I was doing comedy, and I went there for them to nourish me, and what I learned was that I could nourish others as well, that I could be of service on a walker, using crutches, forearm crutches, canes in each hand, you know, at different stages of my being able to stand up and hobble around while I was in physical therapy, rebuilding my body, but... I allowed myself to be seen and I allowed myself to be nourished by other people and so you know uh I'll just say that it does take a whole team to rebuild a body it takes a whole t- in mind body spirit wallet it takes a whole team and that's one of my key ingredients to vibrancy which um I have seven key ingredients of to vibrancy and but the biggest thing is the attitude of gratitude and you know, one of my self-care vigilante affirmations is I, I laugh to pee point every single day. And I learned that from crashing. And I call that story magical kiss for a wall because it was a magical kiss, right? I crashed, but it was a kiss that led to laughter, that led to doing stand-up, sit-down comedy, that led to, you know, being a part of the world again.
1: Yeah, you, you use the term hit the wall. So many people use that term. You know, that's, that's a place where some people just kind of go, okay, I can't keep doing this. I hit the wall. (laughs) You literally hit the wall (laughs) and had to figure Mm -hmm. out a way to, um, to, to get beyond that. And for you, you, we talked about laughter, you know, Norman Cousins talks, talked about, um, laughter being the best, best medicine and, and how he used that in his own, um, Healing, because we know part of what happens just in that laughter is releasing a lot of hormones in the body that um, help the pain. So you were naturally discovering something in that process, uh, but you were also moving into a different mindset. And my guess is that's the beginning point of this self-care vigilante mindset. Mm-hmm. So you, you let's you, you mentioned a couple of these uh, principles, but let's talk first about. What exactly the self-care vigilante mindset looks like?
0: Okay. I'm going to illustrate by saying what it's not first. I don't need to take care of myself. So far, everything I've done has led to nothing. I'm still in pain. What's the point? Okay, that was my old mindset. A person with chronic pain doesn't get to live, doesn't get to thrive. I'm dying. My body's falling apart. So the shift into the self-care vigilante mindset is that every cell in my body has the potential to heal and to grow, regenerate, and I honor that. I honor that mentally, so on a, at a conscious level. I am using thoughts in my mind to speak to my body, speak to my cells. I embrace you. I honor you. And I no longer, like the old mindset was, oh, man, I got a bad leg right? You probably have heard people say, oh, I've got a bad back. I've got a bad leg. And the self-care vigilante mindset is, oh, my leg is calling out for help. It needs some TLC. It needs some tender, loving care from me. So I'm going to offer my leg that needs my attention, that's calling for my attention, some tender, loving care. And... I began singing to my toes. I began singing to my foot. I began singing to my leg every single day. And when I could reach, when my hip would allow me to reach uh, my foot or my knee, I would touch it and I would love it and I would acknowledge and embrace it. So the healing and growth mindset is the self-care vigilante mindset. And I gave you that little example of, you know, what a, what a person can do to take action in their thoughts, with other body parts, with their voice, to cultivate this healing. And I appreciate your mentioning, yeah, laughter is the best medicine. And as I've written and spoken about, a self-care regimen That expands our capacity to laugh deeply, frequently, and freely delivers the best medicine. So with that mantra, I am saying that when we stretch, when we stretch out our arms and we expand our rib cage, we're creating space, space within our ribs for our lungs to expand. excuse me, for lungs to expand and for the body to stretch out and laugh deeply.
1: So let's say that somebody is listening who is uh, in pain and going, that's easy for you to say, Um, I -hmm. can't move. I can't. uh, um, I've got these injuries. I've got this, whatever. Um, You made a shift because you hit the wall. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, we can help people understand how to not so hard hit the wall, you know, and and there's an easier way. So what would be the starting point for somebody to, um, kind of play with this a little bit? What, where's the first shift that somebody might make?
0: I have a couple of suggestions, excuse me, for the body to be comfortable. And I learned this a little bit later in my recovery, but if someone's Suffering in a, a, with a lot of pain right now, I could say that using a heating pad in the lower abdomen is a great place to start if you don't think there are any solutions for you if you don't think you, you you're you're tired of thinking and you know the attitude of gratitude just does not turn you on in fact, you don't want to be grateful because. You just don't want to because your inner rebel says, that might be good for me, but I don't want that. Try the heating pad, whether it be with an electrical cord or something you heat up in a microwave oven and then put on your belly. Allow the heat to relax your nervous system for 20 minutes. And that's all I'm asking. Just Just try it for 20 minutes. And while you're doing that, try to just take a deep breath, inhale through your nose and exhale through your lips. But as you exhale, here it is. Purse your lips together as if you're blowing bubbles through a straw or blowing out candles on a cake. And those are basic, simple movements that will help replenish your mind, your body. And it's good for the soul as well.
1: So the biggest thing at risk for that is having a warm belly for 20 minutes. <laughs> not, not too much to risk.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not too much to risk. And here it is on the outside. It looks simple. The beautiful part of it is we have an energy power plant In our lower abdomen. Mm -hmm. Some people call it the Hora. Some people call it the Dantian. I refer to it as the Dantian. It is an energy power plant. It's in the lower half, two inches below the belly button, and two inches deep in there. And when we take deep breaths using our core muscles, you know, in, in our bellies, we are we're activating that energy power plant, and that energy power plant lights up the entire meridian system. And I call that the energy superhighway. So if you if you were to close your eyes and see your body all lit up in white Christmas lights as if you're a tree, you can use that as a mindful meditation exercise, by the way. So if you're in a rebellious mode and you just don't want to try anything, one thing I can suggest is, yeah, light up your body as if it's a Christmas tree and and take your deep breaths in and activate that oxygen-carbon dioxide exchange within the cell, each cell of your body. That's a great place to start. And You don't often hear other people talk about that kind of thing, but I totally believe that when I am mindful of cell regeneration, I am consciously supporting my subconscious, unconscious body, and my body is highly conscious, by the way.:
1: <laughs> yeah and this it's interesting because um, breathing, especially lower abdominal breathing, um, mm-hmm. occurs in so many different. Um, Discipline, spiritual disciplines and physical disciplines, um, and most people underestimate that. I, I remember, uh, let's see, when I was starting my career almost three decades ago as a hospital chaplain, how often I used that just for people to kind of find some relaxation and calm. Um, many times they would call me in because somebody was not responding to pain medication. Mm-hmm. We just did the breathing exercise. I taught them how to belly breathe and sat with them while they did that, which did a couple of things one is they were naturally calming themselves with their breath and two is there was somebody beside them that was uh walking through that that period and those two pieces uh really made a switch it basically i mean the breathing thing is such a piece of life it just happens automatically you don't have to think about it. it's the the sympathetic system or you can choose to take it over like you suggested that the breathing method you talk about means that we kick in the parasympathetic which shows that we have the capacity of controlling some pretty deep places in our body.
0: We do. We do. And I'm grateful that you brought that to the patients that you met. So three deep breaths. I'm not asking for three whole minutes. Three deep breaths. Watch your belly rise and watch it fall. And if you have that heating pad, if someone visits you in the hospital or in your home, bringing you a little stuffed toy, something cute, something that makes you smile. You put that on your belly and you take your inhale and you watch uh, the little cute uh, toy, what have you, or a picture of someone you love. Put that on your belly and then you exhale and you gently, gently watch that little toy animal or the picture of your loved one go down and then take another deep breath in. So three deep breaths with the heat and an image of something that makes you smile from the heart and, you know, smile (laughs) on your, put a smile on your face as well. And through all of this, you know, people might be thinking, well, I don't, I don't know if I deserve to be out of pain and that is an interesting thought. I went through that, and many people I've worked with with who have complex regional pain syndrome, the nerve disorder that I described to you um, the thoughts of well, maybe I'm in this much pain because I'm being punished. Maybe I'm in this much pain because. I did something, and this is my penance. I deserve it. I deserve it. So why should I ask for pain relief? And if there's any of that subconscious living somewhere in the body, it could be living in the lungs. It could be living in the liver. It could be living in the entire in the entire muscular skeletal structure excuse me i need to sip some water oh yes rehydrating that's another thing (laughs) so that's the inner rebel speaking the the part of us that uh may not be so sure we deserve the good stuff in life
1: so let's switch from that inner rebel use the term vigilante Mm-hmm. which could have some rebellion to it. I, I'm going to take care of this on my own, but there's something else. Why, why did you choose vigilante as kind of the the frame?
0: It's interesting. I don't feel like it was a choice. Mm-hmm. I It came to me one day, and I was not able to drop it. So let's just call it divine guidance. I wasn't searching for a particular word. I just called my self-care practice a strong self-care regimen. I have a strong self-care regimen. I look for things in my life to make me smile, and I give myself permission to laugh. I know that this is great for my healing at a cellular level. And boom, it came. And you're right. Uh, It has a rebellious element, and that is the conscious, constructive rebelliousness that you referred to before. With this word, I am saying, no matter how demanding the world is, no matter what the temperature is, no matter who's in the White House, no matter what the economy is like, no matter anything i am to take care of this precious body mind spirit i am to feed and nourish my body my mind my spirit on an ongoing basis from the time i wake up to the time i go to sleep and 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 let god heal me in between and i mean in between breaths all the time but while i'm awake I'm taking personal responsibility. So that's one of the key ingredients as well. Taking personal responsibility. I'm brutally honest. Yeah, I'm brutally honest. So when I was first diagnosed, I was diagnosed with a lot of different things, as as I've mentioned. My first reaction, my inner rebel says, "Uh uh-uh, doctor's wrong. I don't have that. I went into denial. So embracing the truth, the brutal truth of my diagnosis was so important. And moving from that, you know, with the truth, I, ha- I can do something. When I'm in denial, I can seek solutions that may work for other people, but they don't work for me. But when I'm honest, When I am brutally honest about my diagnosis and I'm accepting that I have a condition and I'm not sweeping it under the rug and I'm facing it, it's like this. If I could use a baseball metaphor, I'm a huge baseball fan. So if I were to catch a ball and then throw it, I have to make sure that that ball is firmly in my hand. I have to make sure I have a grip on that ball before I can release it. What happens to a second baseman or an infielder or an outfielder when they catch the ball but they don't have a good grip on that ball? The throw may not be good. When they release it, it may not go where they want it to. So for me, with any diagnosis, it's getting honest, facing it, getting a grip on the ball, seeing what I have, and then finding out what I can do with it. That's really, really important. And so getting back to your question, all right. So I had trouble accepting, but when I got to the point where accepting was leading to a good place, you know, I was trying all these different things. I became more vigilant, meaning a lot of things are trying to distract me from focusing on taking care of my body. But I'm not going to let that happen. You know, when we're in the airplane, what do they say? When the cabin pressure drops, that oxygen, max, excuse me, oxygen mask releases. Who do you put that mask on first?
1: Yeah. Got to help yourself first.
0: To be able to serve other people, we have to take care of ourselves. And as a self-care vigilante, that's just a reminder for me. Uh, Yeah. It may help other people, you know, identify. Hmm. That sounds interesting. But for me, it's part of my self-care thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a vigilante and I, I live it and I prove it to myself every day. I'm taking personal responsibility, you know, embracing my condition and finding solutions that work for
1: me. One of my mentors talked about the fact that it, people are so quick to say you're selfish. You know, if you're, if you're doing something for yourself, you're selfish. And he said, I think if you look at that as self-full, that you're you're trying to fill yourself, trying to make sure that you're at a good place. Um, you notice that the people who claim you to be selfish are usually the ones who are being selfish. <laughs> They're trying to get it for themselves. And they've just turned it on you because, you know, they feel like you're depriving them. But um, the other image that uh, I often hear is about the well. You know, if you've got this well, it's only got so much water in it. Um If you keep giving out all that water, mm-hmm. it's dry. You you don't have enough for yourself or anyone else. But if you protect it and make sure that it's taken care of, then you have a better place to go. So, um, okay. So personal responsibility is uh, recognizing where you are, being um, accepting of where you are, but not acceptance as giving up as much as acceptance is empowering that you now have a chance to say, okay, what am I going to do from here?
0: Mm -hmm. The ball is fully in my hand and I'm going to be intentional with what I'm going to do with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. Um, So are there other pieces of that vigilante mindset that we need to let people know about?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, But I want to thank you for bringing up the selfish versus self-care piece of it. A lot of people do ask me, Ilana, how can you tell the difference between Well, where where does the selfishness end and the self care begin, or where does the self care begin and and and, and selfishness come in? And I say, well, when you're doing something, and the results are beneficial not only to yourself but but to other people, not just for the short run but for the long term, that's self care. When you're doing something that might feel good in the short term, but eventually it catches up to you, bites you in the butt, and there are consequences long-term. That's the product of selfishness. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And that's very important to keep in mind because The inner rebel wants us to move out of self-care and because it wants what it wants when it wants it. And I didn't mention earlier, but I am a recovering addict and I'm grateful to have many years clean and sober and that I've been able to stay clean and sober through Uh, all of these injuries and this nerve disorder and having that clarity, clarity in the mind, clean body, everything has contributed to my healing. And, And I bring this up because my natural tendency is to resent a lot. I'm rebellious. I resent rules. I resent laws. I resent all of that. But with the attitude of gratitude, meaning, hey, there's got to be something good in this situation, even if it looks bad right now. So I challenge myself from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, if there's anything that I perceive as awful, how can I transform that into something awesome? How can I find the silver lining? How can I reframe, change the words to make it so that I can vibrate at a higher level, higher frequency. And that's excellent for my body, right? You were talking about the chemicals in the body earlier, endorphins. I know when I'm thinking something negative, I'll 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 drop something. I'll stub my toe. I'll, you know, something will happen. When I'm thinking positive thoughts and I'm looking, looking for the silver lining of every situation, the sunshine in every situation, the blessings come in. Now, blessings are always coming in, I feel. But when I'm in that rebellious state, I am blocked. I don't see those blessings. I'm not ready to receive those blessings. But when I'm willing To be grateful, for example, I'm grateful to have my voice. I lost my voice in 2007. So on top of losing my legs and my wrists, um, having carpal tunnel flare-ups and migraine headaches, etc., etc., in 2011, I lost my voice. And one night I... I rolled up to the window in my living room and I looked out to the dark sky and I saw some stars and I basically said a prayer, cut a deal with the universe from from my heart because I couldn't speak. And I said, hey, I've learned to live without my legs and I've learned to ask for help when I can't use my hands. But I do not know how to live without my voice. I do not know how to live without my voice. So if I ever get to hear my real voice again, I'll do whatever it takes. Whatever you need me to say. Whatever message you would like me to carry to the world. I'll even sing again. So that was me being desperate. You know, kind of like a foxhole prayer. (laughs) God, get me out of this boxhole. I don't know how to do this. And the response that came back was, you need to write books, but it's not about the books. It's about using your voice to narrate your books and share your journey with people so that they can find hope. And they can, it's not just hope, but they can find laughter again. And a deeper kind of laughter, knowing that, you know, we're being carried. We are. We're being cared for. We're being protected, and we're still here on this planet, not just to survive but to thrive. And we all have a ministry. We all have a mission. We're still here because we have work to do.
1: That's great. So, and in and speaking of all of this about how you pull in the gratitude. Uh, you, one of your books is about that. So uh, talk a little bit about what uh, Instant Gratitude is about and then how people can get a copy of that.
0: Oh, uh, sure. I would love to. Thank you. Uh, one of the books that I've written and published, it's available on paperback as well as on Kindle. So there's an ebook. And in fact, for your listeners, I would be very happy to send a complimentary copy of the ebook, Instant Gratitude, 365 Days of Grace, Ease, and Laughter to oh, them.
1: That would be great. So that's a year.
0: <laughs> that's a year. How,
1: how does that book work?
0: It's a daily reader, meaning you can flip open the book. It's not one of those books that you start front cover, you read from front to back. And you, for example, uh, you Pick a date. You can, for your first one, pick your birthday. Pick your birthday and flip open to that page that has your birthday. You know, the month and the date. And read my gratitude expression there. And then you will have lines at the bottom of the page, as well as space between my expression, the words on the page, and the lines on the page. So you can write your own expression of gratitude. Start listing everything you're grateful for. And if you're someone who is visual, you can sketch, you can doodle, you can chart, you can draw circles, arrows, what have you. This space is for you. So there's a little bit of me on that page at the top where I share my thought for the day, my gratitude for the day. And then there's lots of space for you to express yourself. And so you can start off with, you know, your birthday, your favorite, your son or your daughter's birthday. And then each day you can flip open to the page of the day. And there are self-care tips there. Self-care for healthy boundaries with people. Um, Self care, mind, body, spirit, and wallet. So, I talk about prosperity and abundance. True wealth is beyond the dollar or some monetary form. So, if anyone's listening, you know, outside of the United States, uh, it's not about the traditional understanding of wealth. Wealth comes in all forms. And so As we are writing, we're thinking and writing and speaking gratitude, what happens? Positive energy flows out from us and we broadcast that to the world. What a beautiful contribution. And guess what? That positive energy, like vibration, finds like vibration, right? Mm -hmm. That vibrational frequency comes our way as well. So it's the universal law of giving and receiving, or some people call it universal law of circulation, where you're connected and you're giving and you're receiving just by helping yourself, you're helping other people as well. So it's a fun book. I've I've received emails and calls and um It's amazing. Uh, People have had a lot of fun with this book, and I am releasing Volume 2 in a few months. So Volume 1 is available now, and in a few months before the end of the year, Volume 2 will be out, and with more goodies about the self-care vigilante mindset and the attitude of gratitude, grace, ease, and laughter, for mind, body, spirit, and wallet.
1: So very cool. Uh, let's talk about Ilana. How people can get to that? What what would be a good way to contact you about getting that ebook?
0: Well, I do have um, a web page and a specific page where you can go to, and that's Field of Choices. F I E L D O F. Choices. That's fieldofchoices.com, dot com slash gratitude. G R A T I T U D E. Fieldofchoices dot com scla- Excuse me. S-
1: slash. Slash. <laughs> Thank you. Yes.
0: I was thinking. I was thinking splash, and yeah. I think that's.
1: It'll make I'm, a splash, but
0: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. gotta
1: use it to get there.
0: I think my body's dialing into water yeah. <laughs> and rivers and, and oceans.
1: There you go.
0: And and I go with that's the inspiration, so slash gratitude. And you'll receive a copy of my e book, Instant Gratitude, three hundred and sixty five days of grace, ease and laughter, volume one.
1: Excellent. Thank Ilana, you for asking thank you so much for for sharing that and also thank you for all that you shared today for all the pieces of this um for how to turn rebellion into something useful <laughs> yeah turn that to vigilanteism for yourself and how to move into personal responsibility um, and to answer back to that uh, thing people often say about being selfish um, but this is really about how you can um You can miss the wall. You don't have to hit the wall to get to this place. Uh, Right. But if you've hit the wall, how you pivot away from that. So thank you so much for sharing. I hope people will go to fieldofchoices.com slash gratitude and grab instant gratitude so you can start that practice. Ilana, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you.